Welcome into episode 29 of the Gump Runners podcast. You're the home of your sweet 16 Alabama Crimson Tide men's basketball team. Chase Thornton coming at you tonight with Lester Mitchell and um, Jeremy Law completing the uh, the trio tonight. Um, boys, you know, we Alabama gets through Iona in the first round of the NCAA tournament, then goes on and just absolutely curb stomps Maryland. Um, they, their offense is firing on all cylinders. John Petty's back. Nobody knows what the hell's gotten into Alex Reese, but uh, he's hitting, he's shooting the ball well from deep now. Jay Law, let's get right into it, man. What's, you know, let's just, let's start with the Iona game because, you know, Nate Oates was talking about how he had been texting Rick Pitino after the game leading up to the Maryland game. He was talking about how all those teams that Rick Pitino had that made big tournament runs, whether it was at Louisville or Kentucky, you know, they said their, their first game is the hardest. You're in a new gym. There's a lot of nerves. A lot of shots are going long, a lot of back iron shots. And uh, you just – you got to get the nerves and the butterflies worked out. You get through that first game, and then, you know, your offense t- seems to, to settle in from a shooting standpoint. And that's, that certainly looked like that's what happened. So, uh, just go back to that Iona game. Tell me what you saw in this game throughout. Uh, I thought John Petty missed every shot he took. I mean, I thought that was obvious, and I think that's probably your key difference. Alex Reese stepped up, hit two threes, and I thought that's what Patino said after the game. He said, we had a chance to win. We thought we could win. And if Alex Reese doesn't come in and stretch the floor as a five player and hit some shots from outside, then that's a five- to six-point ball game with three and a half minutes to go, and you never want to leave the Cinderella in it. But uh, we we talk about defense. Listen, Alabama's defense is, is still elite. I mean, it's playing great. But you saw against Maryland what it's going to take. If they hit shots, it doesn't matter how great defense they play. Nobody's going to be able to go tick for tack up and down the floor. Um, Iona did it for a little bit. Maryland did it for about 12 and a half minutes of the ball game. But if you have Alex Reese, they could shoot 40%. If Alex Reese shoots 10 threes and makes four of them, they'll be fine. If John Petty can shoot 33% from deep and just add a spark with how great he's playing on defense, but uh, that was impressive. That was impressive Monday night. A lot of people were down on Alabama. The point spread opened up at minus four and a half for a two versus a 10 or whatever seed Maryland was. I know they were a double-digit seed. And Alabama kind of put the world on notice again. Like, they haven't played that well since the end of January, early February. But they put everybody back on notice that when they're hitting shots, they're not going to lose. Uh, for, for, you know, through the first two games, Lester, the, the – uh... You know, I don't. I don't want to say lack of consistency because I don't think the game against Iona was bad. They hit the. You know, they made the run that they needed to. You know, nine minutes ago in the game, you had Reese with the three, and then Q got back to back layups. Then Reese hit another three. Um, Herb got a steal and a dunk. Then out of the timeout, um, Q threw the lob to Jawan Gary. You know, there's about five or six possessions straight that Alabama didn't miss, and they scored and were able to pull away late. Um, and so not really inconsistent, so to speak, but. You know, you saw the barrage against Maryland. Um, with Alabama playing the way they did defensively, um, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Alex Reese is a big story here. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about John Petty. Um, most people figured that he was going to come around. You know, most people figured that it was going to happen sooner rather than later um, because John Petty has done this throughout his career. He's gone five, six-game spurts where – He's just disappeared, and uh, and and you know I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a you know it's, it's not a, it's not a good thing because he, he's just he's just a streaky player. It, it is what it is, and um, you really can't argue that point. Um, it's great to have him back, but Alex Reese, 
has not been streaky. He's been consistently horrible, horrific all year long. All of a sudden, he can't miss. Lester, how confident are you in Alex Reese? He goes two for two against Iona. He went, oh, gosh, I want to say like five for seven, four for six or something like that against Maryland from deep, all three pointers. And um, and so how, you know, through two games, how confident are you in Alex Reese whenever he still continues to shoot the ball from the outside? I like it. I like it. Yeah, you're right. Um, he was um, three for five for three, but five for seven overall. I like it, man. As long as he keeps doing it, um, he's a key. He's another key. He's another addition to this team that's coming on at the right time. This is what we need. We always talk about guys stepping up, stepping up, doing what they can to further help this team. Reese, he's going to bring it. He's going to bring a little bit of intensity to it. Uh, he has been playing great, you know, coming in as a shooter. Um, I've always thought he's been a, just a terrible attitude guy for somebody who plays the way that he does. But I'm so glad this guy, a senior, you know, him and Petty and whoever, coming in and balling out when it matters the most. This is what we need from him. This is what we need for the role players. You know what Herb's going to do? Glad Petty's back. You know what the other guy's going to do? This, he's he's part of the making of a team that can be really, really special. It seems like every team has a guy who comes along and does great things in the postseason. I think Reese can be that guy, you know, going forward in the tournament for Bama that he's been so bad throughout the year that for me it's still hard for me to watch him shoot even you know when he was making it rain me and Jayla were actually able to watch the Maryland game together um sorry we're not real Bama fans we couldn't actually go to the game so we're technically not real Bama fans according to the fluffy boy on Twitter but uh you know it, it's we were watching it and I was still like you know just so nervous every time he let it go even when he was making it and it's just I guess I'm just gun shy so to speak but um, yeah, you know, if, if he continues to exert this type of performances in the on the biggest stage of his career, uh, you know, I had no problem with taking back everything I've ever said about him. And there hadn't been some some very nice things said over his four year career at Alabama. But I tell you what, that Joker continues to play like this. I mean, but you know, two games you get, you, you got four more. If you want to get if you want to get to a national title game, he's got to put it together for four more games. J Law, talk about how. How hard, how hard it is to, I guess, stay hot, so to speak, because this isn't like the SEC tournament where you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, you play Saturday and then you turn around and play Monday night. So it's easy to stay hot over that two-game stretch. But now you get a break and you don't play until Sunday at whatever, 6.45, 7.15, whatever it is, uh, 6.15, I believe. And um, and so talk about how, how hard it is to for a team – to stay focused and for a coaching staff to stay focused on, on what they have to do. And, you know, how hard is it going to be for Alabama to carry over that shooting performance that you saw Monday night against Maryland? Well, I, I think it's much more like the regular season than it is the SEC tournament. You're going to have a, a two game week. You're going to play on a Sunday, then you're going to play on a Tuesday, but similar to the Thursday, Saturday stuff that they do um, during the regular season. But, and I think I, I think that makes it hard to stay hot, but I just think Alabama is such a good shooting team. I think that they were just cold. I think that, that they can just shoot their average. You know, they don't have to play lights out. They don't have to make every three. If Alabama plays their average during the regional final, it's going to be tough to stay hot. 
But was John Petty hot? I get it. He made some shots. But John Petty's been so cold that you just think, man, if John Petty can just get back to normal John Petty, a guy that's going to shoot 33 to 35% from three, we're going to let him shoot it a lot. He's going to throw up some head fakes, and he's going to get to the rim. And when Alabama gets stuff up on the rim, some good things have been happening lately. Primo comes back in style, put back dunks, uh, playing around the rim. JQ is so good down there working in the paint. Jawan Gary, great on both uh, both ends of the floor on the glass. So if Alabama can stay hot, yeah, listen, they're not going to have to get hot to beat UCLA. They might not even have to get blazing to beat – Michigan or Florida State, but there's no doubt that if they come out and win Sunday and they come out and win Tuesday, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but they're going to have to get hot in the Final Four if they make the Final Four, and that's really, to me, that's the only game I could think of, maybe not even a national title game, that if Alabama can get in the Final Four, they're most likely going to play Gonzaga. That's when John Petty's going to have to be a flamethrower. That's when Alex Reese is going to have to be his best. That's when JQ's going to have to hit some of those step backs. And that's when Jawan Gary and Alex Reese are going to have to play both inside and out. I, don't, I think Jawan Gary handles the ball pretty well, you know, seven to eight feet around the bucket. He has a little bit of moves. And if Alex Reese can pull the five player away from the bucket, now Alabama can attack the glass and win that way. But I don't know if they have to say hot chase and Lester. I just think that in the next couple of games, they need to play uh, just, they need to play their average against UCLA and play above their averages not above average, above their averages in the regional final. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, um, and, and you know, Lester, Josh Primo comes back from an MCL, an MCL strain, and uh, I, I thought there was no chance that he would play in the first two rounds. I thought that if we got back, it'd be in the, uh, the Sweet 16. But um, just talk about what, what Primo was able to do off the bench in this game, provi- providing a spark, playing 23 minutes off the bench. Hey, man, it was huge. And, hey, like Petty, Primo is another guy who had to see the ball go in. He had to. I don't know what happened to him towards the middle of the season, but he got real passive. You know, he didn't want to shoot the shot. I was so glad to see that guy come in and do what he did. Hey, four from six for the field, two for four from three, you know, giving you ten points, great energy. Like Oates said, he's another big guard off the bench who can guard, you know, the other team pretty well. He's he's what we needed. We we need as much help as many guys who can come in, you know, shoot the shot, make the open shot, and that's exactly what he did. We need that. I'm so glad. Um, you know, we probably couldn't bounce back from an MCL sprain in a couple of days. But hey, when you're 18, hey, you you can do it. So I'm glad that guy's back. And you know. As, as, you know, more time goes along, I'm so glad they get a week off. I mean, that's going to heal. That knee's going to heal up even more. I'm sure it's already close to 100%, but um, he's going to be a big key going forward. We're going to need it. We're going to need it, man. This team is special for sure. Yeah, I was I was definitely, you know, I did not expect to see him, like I said, because I actually had this injury when I was uh, 17. It was right before I started my senior year of football. And I played three sports in high school. So, you know, I was able to play, but I had to get one of those big Don Joy uh, knee braces. And um, it, it definitely wasn't um, it, it wasn't comfortable. And it uh, looked like he had a brace and then a wrap on it. And um, this dude was cutting, moving, jumping. He had a put-back dunk over two guys. I mean, he, he was just 
it was impressive the way he was able to move around the floor. I expected to see, you know, some kind of a limp and or just whatever the case may be, maybe a, a slower step or two, but, you know, he didn't let him slow it down one bit. Hopefully he can continue to play. Cause I mean, when Alabama has their horses, man, I mean, it, when you've, when you've got a, a semi-healthy Bruner, when you got a healthy Herb um, and Primo, those kind of the, are the three guys that have kind of been banged up this season, uh, missed some games, whatever it may be. And uh, when, when you've got all those new ad, like J-Lo was talking about, how much Gary has improved and Keon Ellis has improved as well. Um, the way Petty's playing on defense, you got Q, who's just been unguardable. Um, we're going to talk about him in a second. And then, you know, you throw in your, you know, your, your Shackelford and, and, uh, and, and, and all your guys. When, when you've got that depth, uh, even with Rojas coming in and, and getting his fouls, um, it's just it's it's so hard to to keep up with Alabama through a forty minute game, and I think that's that's the reason that they're able to play at the pace that they do is because they have great depth. Um, but let, let's let's talk about Q and what he's been able to do for a second. J Law, I mean, this guy, I guess you could say for over a month now. I mean, whoever this dude plays, whether whoever's trying to guard him, just just can't stick with him. And um, he's had some turnovers along the way, but they gradually decreased over the last month of the season. And, you know, these two tournaments that he's played in, he's been just phenomenal. Talk about the the spark that Q has, that Q has made off the bench and then just, just in general. Well, I think we were hard on Q early, man. He, this is a guy who didn't get to play a lot at Villanova. Transfers, the NCAA craps on him. They, they make him sit out a year, so he comes out this year, hasn't really hasn't played in two years. And in the last 10 games, he's turning it on, guys. And when nobody else was hot, he was the guy that was able to come through at the towards the end of the regular season in the SEC tournament. He's a guy that can get a double-double on any given night. He shoots the three at a high percentage, and we're not talking about wide open threes the, the threes that jq shoots are step back hand in his face and watching the replay right now he, he's a dual threat man he's bring the ball out the floor score at the bucket puts you on skates but can also shoot it and talk about what it does to open up the offense here he's kicking it out to shackleford on a drive and dish i mean when he's that good at finishing at the bucket you have to collapse on him and that is going to spell trouble for whoever alvin ends up playing throughout the rest of this tournament if they're hitting the shots from the outside, you have no choice but to crash. And if it's Shaq, who's the leading scorer on this team, Keon Ellis, the guy that we don't even really talk about much, who stepped in great um, with all the new lineups that we've been having to do since Primo went out and Bruner's banged up and all the shifting around. And we don't give Oates enough credit for that probably either. But, man, JQ has come on at the right time, carried us when we needed it. And now you're looking at it. Now, JQ may not have to carry you. Maybe he can really just be a guy that you run this offense through, hit timely buckets, and open it up for everybody else. So you're uh, you're watching the replay right now. Is there action? Is there action going on right now? Correct. Give me about 10, 15 seconds of Jeremy Law Silicaga basketball broadcast. Nah, we, we're not going to do that on the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> but. Hey, man, Chris Stewart had a good time the other night. I know I went back and uh, heard some of the clips. But, man, they're watching it, man. Oates is fired up. They need to see some shots go in, like Lester said. Primo and Petty, they need some shots to go in. And if you're an Alabama fan, dude, you got to be feeling good after that Maryland game. If these guys can keep it going for three, four more. I mean, guys, seriously, 
Alabama can legit win a national title. Think about that. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we've, we've said that for a while because it, the defense is going to travel. Um, and Oates has, has, you know, branded these dudes with, with the, the saying that, you know, we're going to play defense no matter what. And he's he said that multiple times in interviews and, and you know, media settings where he's like, look, he said, we're going to give them free reign on offense, but you better play your ass off on defense. And, uh, and I think the players have really responded to that. And, and, you know, the, the guys, you know, it's just, it, it's huge because when Alabama is hitting the three and now that Q is able to get to the bucket, which is something that he didn't really do a good job of um, early in the season, whenever he, it seems like he couldn't, he lacked the ability to get by a guy. And then, I think once he got there, he had trouble finishing. And, um, and so whenever he started to hit the three ball, it really forced guys to play him. And Q really doesn't shoot a lot of 20 foot threes. He shoots a lot of stuff, 22, 23 feet um, further back behind the arc. And so whenever you're able to hit that shot, you know, I call it the Steph Curry syndrome where you are forcing a guy to guard you 25 feet from the bucket. And, that gives him more space in order to get by people and the way Alabama spaces the floor. When you have four or five guys on the court at any one time that are knocking down the three, it's hard to lead those guys because it's like, you know, do I give up a two or do I give up, do I leave my guy and let him just get a wide open three when all of them can hit it at a 40% clip? You know, it's very tough, almost impossible to defend. Um, you know, you got Shat that'll put it on the floor. Uh, and, and these guys do a good job, where they did a good job against Maryland of, you know, not turning the ball over and, and you know, controlling their fast breaks, controlling the drives. You heard me say that they've really got to control their uh, their fast break and not throw the ball away. Lester, I know I, I sent y'all some clips against Iona of, like, you know, there's a couple of times where we made great defensive plays and then one pass on the fast break and we turn it right back over. That's just something that you can't have against a, against a good team if you want to be able to compete and have a shot to win it in the end. Um, but, yeah, you know, you know, the defense travels, and, and NATO's talked about that. But we, we've talked national championship if they get hot. And, if I mean, the team that you play, that you saw on, uh, on Monday against Maryland, because, guys, we talked about that was Maryland's best offensive performance of the year. This is a slow-paced team. They were forced to play out of character. They end up shooting like 37% from deep. I mean, that, that would be probably top 10 in the country. Um, and, and so it, it was one of their best offensive performances of the year. And they still lost by, you know, 20 points. And so it, that's, that's the type of game that it's going to take for Alabama to win a national championship. But the thing is, that wasn't an outlier for Alabama. What you saw on Monday has happened three or four times throughout the regular season. And, and so every, I'm not saying that it's expected because I don't think anybody expects this team to shoot 45% from deep and shoot 53% from the field or whatever they did. But we talked about averages, man. If you shoot 36% from deep, 50% from the field or 50% from two, your defense is elite enough to win a national championship. Lester, that's what we've talked about for months. For months. And, and that formula has carried them you know, regular season champs, SEC champs, and a great showing in the NCAA tournament thus far. You know, even when this team is is down, they're never really out of it. I mean, when you were describing that sequence earlier, 
how 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 difficult is it for this team to go on a 10 to a point run and how quickly it can happen this team is so deadly when they're down they're never out and when they're up they can continue to run it up look all it takes is for the other team to have two bad possessions you know two turnovers and goodness don't let it happen in a row yeah because when this team smells blood they are gunning for it and that's that's so scary you know that's with the three-point shot and that's true and in college and in the nba you know a 10 12 point deficit is nothing i mean you look at uh Rutgers was up on Houston like 15 points, like five, six minutes to go, and Houston came back and won the game. Um, but the t- if, especially when you're playing a fast-paced team, but at the same time, you know, Alabama, if they're down three points and you get on there and you shoot three threes in a row, which they've done plenty of times, and you miss all of them, the other team hits a three and two twos, all of a sudden you're down 10 points in a minute and a half because Alabama's not running the shot clock down to 10 seconds. You know, they're shooting the ball within 10, 12 seconds of the shot clock, and, uh, and so, you know, it kind of works both ways. But, yeah, this team, with, with the rate that they shoot the three-pointer, um, you know, it, they're, they're never out of a game. Uh, I mean, you look at Missouri. Missouri's a good example. I mean, Missouri went a little cold. Alabama played lights out the last, you know, eight, nine minutes, whatever it was, and, uh, and lost that game by one possession. But, you know, just as fast as you can come back on a team, you can quickly get down just as fast. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to view it. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, this team, and it's not all with the three. I mean, hey, let let another team screw around and Bama picks off a, a half-court pass or ball gets a little loose. They're taking off and running, and they're going to take it to the rack. Look, it's been, it's been a couple times where they'll dish out for a three, but if they get that turnover break, they're going to the hoop, and they're either going to go to the line or they're going to make it. I'll put Q, Shaq, Herb, anybody on a fast break, and I'll trust them to convert it. Petty still dribbles like a newborn deer, but that's okay. That's okay. It's great hey, as long as, 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 long as he's dropping, because that's exactly that is, what he looks man. like. Because he's so lanky and it looks like yeah, it looks like little Bambi just came out of the wing, right? Trying to walk around, right? No handles. I mean, he the ball he, the ball slips out of his hand three four times a game. He can't dribble. I mean, he's still a catch-and-shoot guy. He does that damn well. And, you know, he can also shoot off the dribble a little bit now. He's improved that part of his game. But he's still just – I'm not going to say he's no threat to drive the ball and score in the paint because, he's you know, he's good in the post. He's got a little turnaround hook shot that, that he shoots pretty well. But, uh, yeah, he dribbles like a newborn deer. That, that, that's a great analogy. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's – we've seen it, but, yeah. He, and he's getting more aggressive going to the rack now. I just want to see a little bit better handles now, a little bit better. Because you can see, I mean, he'll beat his guy. He'll have a lane. And then, bloop, is, you know, balls loose. He's scrambling forward. Others he's scrambling forward. And next thing you know, they're going back the other way, you know, because the balance pacing, you know, sometimes you may not have a teammate there. But, you know, that guy, he, he's on his way. He's on his way to doing pretty good things in this next game. Yeah, you, you definitely want a guy like that to, to stay hot because that's a key component for Alabama because, I mean, that's a senior leader. And talk about a guy that he if he needs to he needs to get volume shots. You know, he, he needs to shoot in bulk. And uh, if he's able to take 10, 12 shots a game and make, you know, five or six of them, that, that, that could be huge for Alabama. 
But uh, J-Law, heading into this UCLA matchup uh, on, on Sunday night, what, what are some things that you've seen from Alabama through the first two games that you want to see improved in, in this game? I mean, I'm not saying that UCLA is better than Alabama because I, I don't believe that. Um, but, you know, it's a tournament game. What, what are some uncharacteristic things or maybe some characteristical things that Alabama has done in the first two games that you might see could cause some problems for Alabama in this UCLA game? Uh, well, I don't really know about the Iona game. I thought they let Iona dictate the pace a lot, and I know UCLA is going to try to do that a little bit. But, I mean, if you're making shots and you can get back in your defensive set, you put some pressure on the other team while they're on offense, you really don't have to worry about them dictating the pace. We miss a lot of shots against Iona until we went on the big run. We let them slow the game down a lot. And I also thought that that kind of took the life out of us on the offense. I mean, it made us slow down on offense. But against Maryland, I mean, they tried to go slow. We started – we put some points on them. They put some points on us, and we kind of got them out of their comfort zone. Um, I thought Maryland got a lot of easy shots early. I mean, Alabama went on a 14-15-0 run, and it was kind of over after that. But it was a tight game until the five minutes left in the first. Maryland got some easy shots. They scored a lot down the stretch, but – I mean, it's kind of like what Nato said after the game. I mean, you know, I, he wanted the guys to play better defense, but it's hard to tell the guys, you know, that every defensive possession matters when you're up by 21 and you're making every single shot. So for Alabama and this one, listen, the shots aren't always going to fall that easily. Defense travels, as you like to say. Um, to me, man, I, they played a perfect game against Maryland. I thought I just think pace of play. UCLA, you can't let them dictate how fast you get up and down the floor. Even if they're slowing it down on offense, you have to do what's comfortable for you on offense. And, you know, when teams slow it down, every possession seems to matter a little bit more because you're not sure how many you're going to get down the stretch. And UCLA is a team that's going to try to kill, you know, 20, 21, 22 seconds off the shot clock every time. Alabama likes to shoot it with 20 seconds on the shot clock because they're doing it again right now. Around the arc it goes. They're going to put the shot up on the rim. So, uh, for Alabama, you play your pace, you play your game, put pressure on them, get them out of their comfort zone, and Alabama's going to be in a regional final. Yeah, I think for for me personally, I, the only thing I've seen through two games, uh, and, and they improved it already against Maryland, but what I was saying earlier about controlling the break, because as much as this team's going to run, I think it's very, very important to, um, to, to not turn the ball over on the fast break. And uh, I mean, I get sometimes you're gonna you're gonna try to be aggressive, and I understand that because that's how you play. But when you make silly passes three, four times a game, I think that can really hurt your turnover numbers. I mean, that can be the difference between you know 12 and 16, 17 turnovers. And uh, and, and you know, you give them three, four, five extra possessions, they turn that into you know anywhere from six to ten points. That that can lose you a game. That's huge. And um and, and so. I mean, Alabama's got to hit the three. Don't get me wrong, but I think you know another very important aspect of their game is is the, the turnover margin, and and they gotta because when you run like that, if you turn the ball over 20, 25 times, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to win. You better shoot 45, 50 percent from deep to counteract it, and uh, and and so I think that turning the ball over on the break was a lot better against Maryland. Iona they made some silly passes, but um. They've got to continue to to improve on that. Other than that, you just got to keep shooting the ball. And, um, I mean, I guess you can give Reese the green light. You know, I, I'm still – I'm still, you know, 
I give him four threes. If he doesn't make more than one, then just, you know, because the last thing you want is, I mean, Alex Reese shot the ball a lot whenever he wasn't confident in the shot. I mean, he was still going two out of seven, you know, one out of six, one out of eight, whatever it was, he was still far away, you know, throughout that span in the SEC regular season where the other team just wasn't even guarding him. And he would set up, dribble it a couple of times and spin it and go behind his back and then shooting just wouldn't even be close. And he still had, he was still shooting the ball in volume then. Uh, and so now that he's seeing it go in, you know, the last thing he wants for him to go back to a one for eight, one for nine performance, because that can really hurt the team. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to, you get, you just keep shooting the ball well, don't turn it over on the break. I think that's how, uh, that's how they can, go ahead and, and be at their best. But, uh, you know, Lester, this this UCLA team, um, you know, they, they got wins over BYU and Abilene Christian. They're not going to shoot a, a ton of threes. They've actually shot 19 in both games uh, through their first two rounds of the tournament. They've shot 42%, though, and then 37%. And so they're not – they don't shoot a ton of threes. They have a slower pace, only about 68 possessions per game that's ranked just under 300th in the country. So they're another slow-paced team, a lot like Maryland was. And, um, you know, for a comparison, Alabama gets 77 possessions per game. That's about 16th in the country, so top 20. And, uh, and so, you know, they're going to they're gonna try to play at their pace. They're going to do a lot, a lot of what Maryland did. They're going to try to beat you in the half court and run a lot of screens and be very creative in their offensive sets and try to get good shots. And they've shown they can knock down the three whenever, whenever they do shoot it. Um, so what does Alabama have to do defensively in order to, to you know, counteract or combat the, uh, the, the half-court offenses? They just keep switching on screens or, you know, maybe try that small ball lineup. What do you think they should do defensively in this UCLA matchup? Control – well, I mean, in this case, a great offense leads to a great defense. Hey, control the pace. Don't let them dictate the pace of the game. You cannot let slower teams do that to you because when you do that, you're playing right into their hands. Make them play up with us. Make them uncomfortable. That's what you got to do. Um, and I got a question I want to ask you. Did, did you see for like maybe a small stretch here and there, did Bama go a little bit zone for a little bit against Maryland? It's Maybe maybe not zone, but they definitely played off a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, I, I um, think they were, they were trying to stop the drive. I think there were certain guys, because me and J-Lo were talking about this, we were like, that must be their Alex Reese, because they had a bigger guy miss like five threes in a row. And it looked like we were not right. trying to guard him. He was no threat out there at all. And um, I think they mentioned that his – that his uh, season three-point percentage was in the 20s. And I was like, that's their Alex Reese, you know, because we saw that a lot with Reese this year where teams would just let him shoot and they would take his guy and try to guard against the dribble drive on the other side of the floor. So uh, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't zone. I'd say that Nate Oates isn't going zone. He, he's stubborn as hell. And, um, you know, like me and you said, yeah, we wouldn't is. mind seeing a zone every now and then. But uh, he's, he's talked about, you know, he's going to be man-to-man. And, uh, and that's what he's going to play. I just think that with Alabama's athleticism, one through five, especially when we're in that small ball lineup with Gary at the five, man, I think it's just so easy for us to switch. It might look like a zone just because, you know, as soon as they fill a screen, they're not trying to fight through it at all. And uh, so it might have looked like a zone, but it was definitely man-to-man. Right. All right. I just know on a couple of possessions, um, 
when they were switching, Maryland has a couple guys have some wide open shots. I'm sure that's something that's on film. You know, they'll get it. You know, sorted out about defensive you know. rotations. I mean, we talked about a little a little bit about that pre-show. I said that Maryland did right. a good job of moving away from the ball, and I think Q and Chat got caught ball watching a couple of times and led us some backdoor right. cuts. And uh, but yeah, I think their offense did a really good job of constantly moving and just because you know five, six feet along the perimeter really makes a difference uh, with, with the, as fast as these guys get their shot off. And as quickly as some of these teams move the ball around, you know, Maryland's a team that's used to moving the ball well in the half court. That's where their success offensively comes from. And uh, so I think it was just maybe, you know, they, they just kind of not figured out our defensive rotations, but we just got caught napping a couple of times. But, you know, I thought the second half was a little bit better. They just made, they just made a lot of threes, but it really didn't matter. Yeah, Oates is a great halftime adjustment. That's what you've said that numerous times. But, hey, if they got exposed just even just a little bit, I'm glad that's on film now. So they're the better to prepare them for, you know, somebody else who may try the same thing. J-Law, we can all say if Bama gets hot, they can win a natty. We understand that. But let me ask you this. Realistically, how far do you see Bama going? If they get past UCLA, you probably have a – a date with Michigan and the elite eight. And like you were talking about earlier, more than likely Gonzaga in a final four, those are two one seeds. What are Alabama's chances against teams like that? If they run up against them? Michigan's best players out. I know they just still beat LSU and took Alabama to the wire just a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, don't count Florida state out either, but either one of those teams, if it's Alabama, Florida state, I think you'll get like a 55, 45 BPI Alabama. If it's, Michigan, Alabama, I think it'll probably be the other way around 55, 45, Michigan, maybe 60, 40, because how good Michigan was just good all, all throughout the season. But man, if Alabama beats them, I don't want to say Final Four is the ceiling. If they're on the other side of this bracket, I would give them a shot to beat Baylor. Obviously, out of one of those brackets, there's just some crazy things going on. It could be Loyola, it could be Syracuse, it could be a whole bunch of, or Roberts, I think it's over there, whatever. But you know, if you're in that one, I would say national title game. But you got to realize, man, Gonzaga's there year in, year out, and they've never won it. I mean, this is a program that traditionally, when it gets down to the stretch, right, they choke a game out. And they, they've done it in some excruciating ways, you know, over the last couple of years and the last decade or so. So I'm not going to say Alabama can't beat Gonzaga. I'm going to guess that Gonzaga would open as a – seven and a half, eight point favorite, and they'd probably be a 70-30 BPI chance to win that game. But right now, I think Alabama fans, you should set your realistic hopes on potentially being in a Final Four. I think I think that'd be a great. Obviously, nobody celebrates regional finals. You want to win a regional final, that's what you celebrate. You don't celebrate playing in that game. You celebrate winning that game and go into a Final Four. And uh, once you get in the Final Four, boys, anything can happen. Yeah, that's true, you know, including the double dribble that's missed and, you know, fouling a three-point shooter and then the guy knocking down three free throws after you did the choke sign. And then, you know, all your fans that have been in the rodeo all day dressed up like a bunch of rednecks going pre-rolling the tree. Yeah, anything could happen. I mean, that's a crazy scenario. I don't know if that's ever happened before. It's just off the top of my head. But, yeah, definitely crazy scenarios. Lester, I know you're not a bracket guy, but you actually filled one out this year. Have you checked on it? How's your bracket doing? Uh, yeah, I, I did one, um, did one in your league or whatever. And, you know, of course, all the work people want to do a bracket. So I've done it. 
Haven't checked it since. Um, I had a co I had a coworker tell me that I was second in our league. Um, so we'll we'll see. I don't know, but I'm sure. I mean, my bracket is nuked like everybody else's is. So it's just it's just a toss up at this point. But I do have Bama in my final four. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely a tough year for all the bracket guys out there. I know that uh, there's a. Um, group that I'm not not a group but a contest I'm in on a, a sports radio show that I listen to sports radio 740 John and Barry out of Montgomery and they do a bracket contest and there's around 800 people that enter and uh I mean my wife Paige who might have watched maybe a half of one Alabama game this year and it's probably because she went to it uh the Vanderbilt game and then you know she was running AJ around getting pictures with Big Al and everything like that but um, I think she was like 16th out of 800. <laughs> and it's just a, yeah, it's just a crazy year. She's probably picking the teams by their mascots or colors. Um, but anyway, uh, J-Law, let's just, you know, the, the, the Cinderella's that we have right now, your Loyola Chicago's, your, um, I guess you can count Syracuse. We'll count it. They're an 11 seed. Um, Oral Roberts. Um, who else, who else you got? UCLA is an 11. Do any of these teams, or let me ask you this, which team, in your opinion, has the best chance of advancing to the Elite Eight? And why is it Loyola uh, Chicago? Dude, Loyola Chicago, I mean, like, is it They're time nasty. to stop calling them? Is it time to stop calling them a Cinderella? I mean, dude, they've already been to a Final Four. Dude, Sister I mean, Jean is not going to die until she sees a freaking natty. You know, if we don't win it, I hope they do. A lot of people yeah. don't, like, they get tired of seeing us. Those are great stories, but I just don't know. I just think it might be time to stop calling these guys a, a Cinderella. I mean, once you make it to the Final Four and you're able to do it two, so twice in four real seasons, to me, that's not a Cinderella story anymore. I mean, maybe this is a, just a solid program. And Oral Roberts, who knows what the hell that is? They've screwed me. Oh, so many of these teams have screwed me, but I'd love to see Oral Roberts or Loyola or somebody like that get in. My buddy Bayhan is <laughs> – excuse me. God, I'm about to die over here watching John Petty go to the dish and miss air ball. But, you know, uh, buddy Bayhan with those boys, man, I don't know, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think Syracuse will have a solid shot. They look okay right now. They're getting hot. What about what about the Pac-12 overall? I know we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but the Pac-12 out of nowhere, four teams in the Sweet 16, UCLA, Oregon State, Oregon, USC, who was actually favored over Kansas in that game on Monday. I mean, that I think that should be a little troubling for Alabama fans, knowing that, you know, everybody's asleep on the Pac-12 all basketball season long, and they come out of nowhere, and they're playing pretty well in the tournament. Yeah, it's easy to see that the Pac-12 was the most underrated conference in, in the country this year, and the Big Ten was the most overrated. You know, Big Ten only has Michigan left. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, Loyola Chicago, that that uh, that high-post UCLA offense that Mark Gottfried ran at Alabama for years with Jamario Davidson and Chuck Davis, um, you know, Irwin Dudley, you know, there was, uh, it, it, it was – it definitely brought back some memories – and uh, me and my dad were actually talking about that today, but um, I could yeah I could easily see see them winning if if I don't think it's going to happen. I think Oral Roberts Cinderella run comes to an end against Arkansas. But man, Lester, wouldn't you just love for Musselman to get beat by a 15 seed? You know, after all after all the stuff he does, you know, dancing in the locker room and 
you know, jumping on the table, celebrating. He's just, you know, calling out reporters. He is just cocky as hell. Wouldn't you just love to see him get beat by 15 seed? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. And I'd love to get him beat just so there's zero chance that Alabama might have to face Arkansas. Look, they're good, man. They're a good team. But, you know, I think I think that Oral Roberts, they're a good story. Fun fact, um, I think I saw it a couple days ago, but Oral Roberts has won a championship in basketball. I think it was in the um, 1950s. So when Sister Jean was a 50-year-old woman, I guess. I think it was 1953, if I'm not mistaken. Must have been a so they have a, yeah. they have a little bit of pedigree. But, yes, yes, whatever we can do to get Arkansas the heck out of here, I'm all for it. Yeah, Arkansas is definitely a team. I mean, part of me really wants them because, you know, you, you play them, you get beat by 15 points over in Fayetteville. And, you know, that was when – I think the free throw discrepancy was like 43 to eight. Uh, so I think with, but then even an evenly called game, I still think Alabama was better than Arkansas. I, I like the way they match up against them. And um, just because Arkansas, man, they take a lot of bad shots. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Moses Moody, he can knock them down. They have guys that can knock them down, but bad shots against average to good defensive teams are better than bad shots against elite defensive teams because, you know, I mean, Alabama, just the way they play in your face. Um, J-Law, you know, let's give me, give me a, uh, give me a prediction for UCLA. I guess you don't have to give me a score. I mean, unless you want to, you can give me a prediction about what you see in this game on Sunday night against the Bruins. I think it could be a little slower pace. Score predictions in basketball to me are dumb. I mean, like you never know what's going to happen on the floor, but I still think that, the, the lines are always pretty good outside of the one they set the other night at six and a half and Alabama just runs away with it. I would have put Alabama at minus seven and a half minus eight against Maryland, but I, I would probably set this one about the same. I'd probably say Alabama minus six and a half and I'll let everybody take their money on it. If you're going to throw a score out, I think Alabama, Alabama has an opportunity to win this game and put the world on notice again by double digits here in a sweet 16. And this is when all eyes are on you. In the tournament, you know, the other night, there were still three or four games on it. You're here in the Sweet 16. There, There's, what, 32 total teams left. in this, You're right, yeah, true, in the Sweet 16. I mean, all eyes are going to be on you right here. And it gets tighter. The bracket gets smaller. The funnel gets smaller going down. And I could really see Alabama winning this game by 11 to 12 points, maybe pulling away late. But if I was setting a line, it'd be minus six and a half, minus seven. And I'd take Alabama with the line. Important for Alabama shooting wise, I guess offensively all around. Um, stay confident, don't get cocky because once you get cocky with it, unless you're cute, then just do what you want. I mean, him getting the tech for yelling boom, that's just complete horse shit. But uh, anyway, you know, stay confident, don't get too cocky with it, continue to play elite defense. I think if you do that, you, you might end up seeing a game like you did Monday night against Maryland um, where you're, you're playing a slow-tempo team. I mean, it's, it's human nature to speed up. You know, not a lot of people it's, – it's harder to slow down than it is to speed up. Um, you know, it, it's easy to, to catch yourself, especially in the game of basketball, when, you know, the, the, the flow of the game, if it's, you know, high, if it's faster than what you're used to, you're more likely to play faster without even realizing it, rather than slowing it down and playing your style of play. UCLA has played 30-plus games of 
you know, a, a slower pace. So I gave you the numbers earlier. They're, they're right at the 300 mark in tempo. And, um, and, and so I think that, I think that you'll see Alabama speed them up. I think the game might start slow in the first half of the first half, first 10 minutes of the game. And then, especially if Alabama makes some three pointers and gets out to a nine, 10 point lead, you know, when you're UCLA, you, you really, when you're a slower paced team, you really can't afford to slow the game down because Lester was talking about earlier, man, Alabama can get three possessions in 45 seconds on you. You know, you, you turn the ball over and then Alabama run, gets a run out and you're talking about six to nine points right there off of three, four possessions. And, uh, and then boom, you know, you're, you, can, you can find yourself down 15, 16 points. And, uh, and, and when that happens, you have no choice. Like Maryland in the second half, um, they had no choice but to speed their pace up. And I think they handled it well. And like I said, I think Maryland offensively did a really good job. Like I said, it's probably one of their best shooting performances of the year. But um, I, I don't think you see that with UCLA. I think they get a little bit too overwhelmed, um, you, you know, as far as the pace goes. And I think in the second half, like Jayla was talking about, this could easily stretch out to anywhere from an eight to a 15-point game in the end. Lester, which, which way do you see this one going? Do you think uh, – you think LSU st- or LSU? Do you think UCLA stays with Alabama, or do you see it kind of like me and J Law do? I mean, if they listen to the pod and listen to me, and if they dictate the pace of the game and they come out running and gunning, look, you say like, hey, have fun, play half court, slow it down as much as you want to, but when you miss the shot. When you turn it over, my boys are running. They're running and they're running. And don't make the mistake of missing two or three shots or miss a shot, have a turnover, miss another shot. Don't make that mistake. No, 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 no. Don't do that. I I have the utmost faith in Oates. Um, these boys, they're, they're, they have the momentum. They, they're, they've seen the ball drop into the bucket. So I'm going to say a 15-plus win, 15-plus point win. All right, guys. A lot of confidence coming from the Gump Runners podcast. It, it makes me it makes me a little worried, you know. The really, I mean, the thing you can't have. I mean, Abilene Christian is a perfect example. They caught lightning in a bottle. They got white hot against Texas. Texas was off um, after coming off a Big Twelve championship. Big Twelve is a damn good conference this year. And then you know, Abilene Christian moves on, and then you know, their fairy dust faded away real quick. UCLA put it on pretty good, and um, and, and so. That's the one thing you just you just cannot have happen to you. Uh, you've got to be the team that stays hot, you know. And and I, I think with Alabama's defense, it'll be really hard for a team. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it'd be really hard for a team to shoot over forty percent from deep and um, and just shoot you know fifty five, fifty six percent overall from the field. I think that'd be difficult because Alabama's defense is so good. And so uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope Alabama stays hot and. Um, Roll Tide, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Hopefully, we're celebrating a uh, a Sweet Sixteen victory and a um. Well, you know what? We might slide up. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get your hopes up. But we we might slide a podcast in uh, Monday night. But uh, we'll just we'll have, we'll have to see. Me and Lester discuss it and uh, see if J Law is available. I know this is one of his favorite things getting on here. He, he's a busy guy though with baseball season at Silicaga Sports and. Um, but uh, we appreciate him being on here, taking the time out of his uh, his spring break week. And uh, Lester, I always appreciate you joining me. Um, Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law, episode 29 of the Gunburners podcast. We're out. Roll Tide.